What's going on guys? Welcome back to the channel. This is just another critic. As always, we get into my biggest takeaways from the previous week of college football, that being week 12. And we always start with a quick recap of my upset alert picks. I originally covered three matchups, upset alert, upset alert pick matchups, quote unquote, um, in my podcast and on the YouTube channel. But ultimately, I finished with five matchups that I pretty much thought had a potential to be an upset. Um, obviously, the first matchup was with Utah and Baylor, uh, not Utah, Oklahoma at Baylor. It's a game that I talked about in my predictions. I had Baylor winning 34 to 27, and that prediction nearly came uh, perfect, right? Uh, final score was 34-31 in favor of Oklahoma, winning by those three points. But Baylor played the game like I thought they would. I thought their secondary and uh, pass rush was underrated, and we saw that early on in the game. I kind of talked about how we would see an offensive push from Oklahoma late in the second quarter, as well as in the second half. Um, also covered how I how I believe that Baylor would jump out to an early lead, and I, I mean. I also thought Baylor would be able to hold on to that lead. I mean, it was a 28 to 3 lead. Um, you can't ask for any anything more than that. But obviously, Baylor wasn't able to do it. Great game overall, but it, it's it, it'll be interesting to see where the Big 12 goes from here as far as their college football playoff chances. Um, second matchup I talked about was Minnesota at Iowa. Super good game, um, but also in that one. Also talked about that in my predictions. Had Iowa winning 34-31. to I just talked about how Minnesota was very vulnerable on the defensive side of the ball. Iowa, on the other hand, they're, they're, they aren't prone to making mistakes. So there isn't going to be a lot of opportunity to capitalize on, on their mistakes, right? Because that's what we saw in the Penn State game where Sean Clifford ultimately, you know, turned the ball over in critical positions on the field and in critical situations overall. And that's just not something that Iowa does. They're very disciplined. Um, they stick to their assignments. They play team football. And that's what we saw on Saturday. And like I talked about, again, the vulnerabilities in that Minnesota defense, we saw Nate Stanley take advantage of those things. Uh, we saw we saw Nate Stanley take advantage of those opportunities that Sean Clifford wasn't able to take advantage of. Um, and ultimately, those those types of plays were big and crucial in the final result of this game. On the Iowa side of the defense, the pass rush was phenomenal. Uh, they were getting to Tanner Morgan, A.J. Epineza, Closed out the game, I believe, with two sacks, two big-time sacks to put them in third and long, fourth and long, and ultimately close out that game. Um, third matchup, excuse me, was Georgia at Auburn. The 21-14 to final, Georgia pulled it off. Um, Auburn had the personnel to really win at the line of scrimmage, and that defense, honestly, the Auburn defense has been playing lights out all season long, and they were getting production from guys that, that hadn't been... Um, playing at play, playing at that type of level up until this point in this game, and so probably one of their best, if not the best, game they've played this season defensively. Offensively, it was pretty much the same story. Bo Nix, not enough production, not enough consistency, um, inaccurate, indecisive. I mean, you can name it all. He just looks like a true freshman quarterback, and he's just going through the growing pains. I'm not sure they ever had a chance in this game with him, you know, running the show. That's just the reality of it. Um, 
but yeah, they put themselves in a position to tie the game right late in the fourth quarter. But again, Bonix threw it behind his running back in an open space, literally with acres of space, um, and he missed his guy. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what goes on with Auburn and how how they move forward. But this elite defense won't be here next year. And so they're going to definitely need more production from Bo Nix, obviously, um, along with their their offense as a whole. Georgia, on the other hand, phenomenal performance. Jake Fromm showed up like I thought he would. Um, and the defense has been very good and played, again, very well, um, not only in stifling the run game, but really they're just very good in the secondary. There was moments where they gave up big chunk plays to Auburn, but ultimately held them to 14 points and um, shut them out for three quarters. The last two matchups that I put on upset alert was the Notre Dame game with Navy. Obviously, Notre Dame just shows up when we never, when we don't expect them to, right? And uh, so Notre Dame was able to completely obliterate Navy. Um, the final score on that was fifty-two to twenty. As well as the last matchup that I covered was Texas at Iowa State. Iowa State, a seven-point favorite. Texas nearly came back to pull it off. Uh, Just didn't have enough in the tank to get it done. Now, taking a look at the college football landscape, obviously Ohio State, um, while they they haven't clinched a, a position in the Big Ten Championship, um, it's most likely they're going to get that other spot. We're st- now with Minnesota losing to Iowa, that opens the door for Wisconsin, uh, finding a way into the Big Ten Championship. Essentially, Wisconsin's just got to take care of business, win out, beat Minnesota in their head-to-head, and they're in. Um, Ohio, Ohio State, on the other hand, like I said, it's most likely they're going to clinch it, but they've got to take down Penn State as well as Michigan, uh, Penn State next week, and then Michigan, I believe, the week after that. So two tough games, um, not only with Big Ten championship implications, but obviously the CFP implications. Nobody can really afford to lose a game right now. Um, with the way that things are are lining up, right? The Pac-12 is right in the mix now. Um, Oklahoma is right in the mix now. So there's there's a lot of one-loss teams right now. Obviously, Ohio State would be favored to get in over those other one-loss teams, but really, it's just never a good time to lose in college uh, football, as I I've, I've talked about in the past. Now, backing it up and looking at the Pac-12 right now, Utah's clinched their division, I believe, as well as Oregon. And ultimately, I believe the winner of the Pac-12 championship should get the four spot. Um, that is, if Georgia loses to LSU, which most of us believe will happen. Um, but obviously, if Georgia wins that game, that's gonna that's gonna put the committee in a tough spot to put in Georgia over a Pac-12 or a Big 12 champion. And right now in the Pac-12. Utah has been playing phenomenal lights out football. A 49 to 3 victory over UCLA just a week ago. They've been blowing teams out. Um, and it's crazy to me how they're getting overlooked by not only the committee, but really all these experts and analysis on ESPN and all these talking heads, right? Um, most of the comparison is Oregon is better because they beat USC um, and Utah lost to USC. The thing is, the, the thing that kills me is that they're not looking into the details. Oregon played a very different USC team than Utah played. By the time USC played Oregon, in that game, USC was missing 11 starters from both sides of the ball. And those 11 starters played critical roles in that defeat over Utah. That's what a lot of people are failing to see. 
Uh, literally, USC was down to their fourth string running back in that Oregon game. Also missing one of their best pass rushers, their starting safety, a whole list of guys that we can go over. Just go and pull up their injury report. It's ridiculous. Then taking a look into the group of five, right now I believe the best group of five team is probably Memphis for me. Um, Just seeing how Cincinnati has struggled over the past two weeks, giving up, I believe it was around 40-something points to, you know, East Carolina, barely pulling out a win versus a terrible South Florida team. Um, And just, just the way that Memphis has been playing consistently, uh, obviously they lost at Temple, but it's really not something that's uncommon for Temple. Obviously, they pulled the big time upset over Maryland early on in the season. But yeah, with that, uh, the biggest takeaway of the week or the biggest talked about thing, obviously the Tua Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa injury, very unfortunate. Uh, you just hate to see good people. You just hate to see bad things happen to good people. Tua, such a good guy, such a not only a great you know person as well as a football player and quarterback. Uh, you know, wishing him a speedy and, and strong recovery. Um, but he, if you've seen the videos, um, he's been very, very good spirits. He's very optimistic. And even after all the adversity that he's been through, he's still one of the most optimistic guys that um, you'll probably ever meet, right? If you If you just see him on social media and through his interviews and every time uh, no matter what the situation is he's always seems to be very positive and happy um, and it, it's, it's good to see obviously and so we're hoping we're hoping he can recover come back stronger and potentially maybe we'll see him for a se- a, his senior season at Alabama I don't know if he wants to you know go to the draft like this but we'll see um, if he's potentially healed up by the time the combine comes around. But even so, he's still going to have to do some rehabbing. So I think it's a long way back for him. I think he'll he'll come back. Um, and he, I think there's a, a much better chance that he plays his senior season at Alabama than entering the draft. But right now, he, he, sh- he really shouldn't even be thinking about football. Just Just take football completely off his mind completely recalibrate and then you know when he's feeling good come back to football and uh see if it's still something he wants to pursue but um yeah very unfortunate to see him go down and like that uh with the broken nose and this and the dislocated hip big games to watch for in week 13 we've got ohio state at home versus penn state Georgia at home versus Texas A&M. Maybe potentially Texas A&M can ruin Georgia's season or, you know, college football playoff hopes. We've got Oklahoma and TCU. TCU has played well enough to, you know, give us the idea that they can potentially pull off an upset versus Oklahoma. Um, As well as we have the Texas and Baylor game. Baylor, if they can stay a one-loss team, obviously they're going to get that rematch versus Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship and potentially put themselves back in that college football playoff conversation. I just say potentially. Do I personally believe that? No, but the potential of it happening is still there. With all that being said, guys, pretty much covered everything I wanted to talk about today. If I missed anything, drop it in the comments. Um, Yeah, your opinions, anything, just drop it in the comments or hit me up on my social medias, Instagram, all that good stuff. All that stuff is linked in the description. But with all that being said, 
You guys have a great rest of your day, evening, or night. This is Just Another Critic signing off. Peace. Yeah, stay prepared for the up and down. Life is like a